let's refresh ourselves on what just happened. Great. Because um, I remember Jonnet pretty clearly. Jonnet, you encountered the Bandit Queen um, That's right. at the yeah. end of Travis's little display. Oh, I can't do anything dishonorable for a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're in a liar, liar. Mm. Yeah, you're in a liar, liar. Oh, man, <gasps> I'm very excited about that. That's that's boy, that's going to break bad. Um, <laughs> I'm extremely excited about that. Um, I J- Johnny, obviously, uh, Travis has just finished with that competition. So we know where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Gable. I healed a building with the power of a haircut. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. You did do that. You did that <laughs> rad ass <laughs> Mulan I haircut. I healed a building with the power of a haircut. Yeah. What is this show? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's start with Gable. So it's Where night, we, right? Yes, it yeah. is like evening. The yeah. sun is the sun is down. Um, probably somewhere off else in the city. Uh, Travis has just finished up the falconry competition. Yeah, Do, doing a respectable second. Yeah. Where would Gable have headed after the hospital? I think back, just back to the the stadium. Okay, or to the stadium itself. Yes. Okay. In that case, I think you're approaching uh, the stadium uh, when you see someone uh, running up to you. Uh, you can see the Uhurus. I punch jolly- them. I punch them. I punch them. <laughs> you can see. Uh, so they, they, they get punched uh, and fall <laughs> to the ground immediately. Uh, there's blood spewing Excellent. from his face. Great. And he's like screaming and kicking on the ground. Uh-huh. And a woman comes up behind him. Jesus, what did you do? I punched him in the <laughs> face. Um, uh, and you realize that she's not talking to you. She's talking to the man on the ground who is kicking his legs. She bends down over his him and takes a handkerchief out of her pocket and looks up leave it to you to get punched in the face when we're trying to deliver a message is it jane and pliff (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's jane and pliff i specifically said we would never hear from them nor see them again and i guess this shows you how much authority you have (laughs) (laughs) i apologize for him i'm sure he was coming at you like wildly emotionally no i'm sorry i just didn't expect to see this person again nor you (laughs) yeah well we're here okay what there's a representative of of the the armada at the hotel and they want somebody who can negotiate and obviously the captain is busy so we need someone and Um, i guess the helms person i i uh yes the negotiation oh the money oh the money oh they need to give us the money oh okay um yeah i uh, travis is indisposed yeah he's probably drunk in a ditch drunk in a ditch Mm -hmm. deep deep down in that ditch all right i'll i'll must have really cared about dref uh-huh all right uh let's uh (laughs) uh I'll, i'll go with you okay great um cool uh follow me 
you, uh, she looks at Pliff, I need you to go tell the captain where we are in case he gets free or whatever. Oh, you don't need to do that. I, uh, no one needs to tell the captain anything. Um, About the money coming onto the ship? No, uh, the, the captain can assume that I have it handled. I'll get Jonnet to go tell the captain Okay. I have not been on the ship very long, mm-hmm. and I guess I don't understand a lot of the way things work around here. But uh, and rightly so. Weird. That's a great, great point. You should take the time to learn more about the ship. All right. Goodbye. Is this a mutiny? Are you doing a mutiny nope, on us? Nope. Nope. That's not it. All okay. right. Well, Just, it, it's not goodbye because hey, I'm taking you to the cafe. Take the night off. You enjoy a night off. You deserve one. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. Take the night and have a. Go uh, enjoy a booth or a play. I, I like the theater, sure. All right, I'll see you later. Uh, Pliff limps off. <laughs> He's clearly <laughs> taking quite a hit. Um, and we cut over to a cafe. Folks, what's this cafe called and what's it look like? This is the seedy clandestine place where a representative of the Tempest Armada has decided uh, to meet to pay off a, another pirate ship about some illicit goods. Uh, what's the cafe from Rent called? Um, Levy Bohem. Levy <laughs> Bohem. Okay. All right. We will go with that. We will go with Levy Bohem. James, we, you can, we will. Levy Bohem. Levy Bohem. Okay. Levy Bohem. It's extremely great and it's getting better. Um, Tyler, what does the sign look like for Levy Bohem? Levy Bohem. Uh, <laughs> Let's see the the sign for Latibo N. Um, it's uh, it's a uh, it's it's uh, the word Latibo, but the <laughs> you, <laughs> no, know, that, you know what? Known word you know what? We're going for it. It's I better. Love it. I love it. <laughs> it's what we said. We're, it's canon we're now. revealing more. We're revealing more. <laughs> but the T is um, it's two teacups. Pouring out liquid, and the Ooh. liquid meets in the middle and comes down to form the stem of the tea, like Valvoline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> Boa. I like it. Um, Johnny, what, what's the general decor of this place? Um, I think you know this is a seedy town. It's run by a spooky man. There's a lot of spooky stuff about it. I think it's kind of. It's got a very, um, I would say, light occult vibe. Lots of like Ooh. fortune tellery type stuff. Lots of uh, scarves over lamps. Mm. Kind of like a, a hazard. A, it's definitely a fire hazard for, for sure. oil lamps for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of like black scarves over lamps and and like it looks very much like. If Professor Trelawney's classroom, mm-hmm. uh, but if she was like goth. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I Excellent. think there are depictions of luminaries. I think there are depictions of celestials. Keep them both in. This is a really weird Just in time case. For us. Uh, <laughs> like adorning the walls. Um, and not only that, but there are pictures of different luminaries, there are pictures of different celestials. <laughs> That would be from different traditions. You know, in some places, uh, the rake is known as the wolf. In some places, the forest queen is known merely as the matriarch. Mm. Ooh, what if, like, 
underneath the various luminaries and um, <laughs> sorry, uh, the other one, celestials. So that, thank you. Underneath the various luminaries and celestials in the room, I feel like underneath each one. There is a particular group of people that are traveling to Bujanith from varying locations. And if they identify with, like, that particular picture, that's kind of, like, where they will gather. So you have all kinds of different types of people just sort of spread out. And, like, they just know that this is the their, their, their table. So you got the cool kids and shit. Oh, I like that a lot. Towards the back of this cafe... There is uh, seated at the table uh, the the person that you recognized from your negotiation the other night in the broker's office, Leo Toa. They are seated at a table underneath luminaries that would be associated with Rakshari, a desert city uh, that is somewhere quite far away from here. Can you spell that? Uh, Rakshari? Yes. Um, oh, you don't need to if you don't know. <laughs> there is a spelling for it. I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but uh, Strick, the person who, who came up with it, uh, definitely knows how that's spelled. Mm. Okay. I sit down. Glad you could join me. The air is thick with the scent of an herbal tea. It's something that you've probably smelled before, Gable. I need you to roll me some kind of knowledge check. Uh, okay, cool, great. Um, I'll just do general knowledge. Vices? Uh, this, I think, is going to be average. Okay. Which means more heartbreaking failure. Actually, these are threats. Two successes. Yeah, uh, I did it. You did do it. I succeeded on a knowledge roll. I, you know, there's got to be a first time for everything. And this is definitely a first for Gable. Mm. That's fine. Uh, so the tea that Leotoa is drinking is something uh, that different folks uh, from around the world cultivate. It is It comes from the heart root, uh, but it's generally a blend of a lot of different herbs, and it's something that people would use to transition themselves physically. Oh. Um, in the world of spear, people can transition just by making herbal teas. Different mixtures of herbs uh, that are mixed with heart root will be able to produce different biological results. And for some people, like they can tailor it very fine tune of exactly what they want themselves to look like to meet their goals. You, as a traveler, uh, mm-hmm. and as you know, a person who doesn't really. Uh, fit into any gender category, you've definitely traveled uh, amongst people who have had heart root tea before. Mm-hmm. So instantly you know more about Leotoa than uh, you knew in the past as you take your seat. Apologies for my lateness. It's uh, hard to travel through a busy city. From what I've heard, you've had quite the evenings. Has that gotten out? The bandit queen knows more than most. I suppose I don't know a lot about the Bandit Queen. That's interesting. I would think Vale would have spoken of her more often. We have found in most cities we've been in that Ormar Vale has a history that he has not shared with many people. And we <laughs> live with the consequences. I must apologize. I believe I treated you and your party 
coldly over our negotiation. Well, uh, negotiation's not supposed to be a warm thing. It's supposed to be business. Certainly. Uh, I have been a loyal servant of the Bandit Queen for quite some time, and uh, I've grown to care for her quite a bit. Oromar, like I imagine many of the people you've encountered, has not treated the Bandit Queen perfectly well. I know I can't apologize on his behalf because he is his own... Unnecessary. Like I said, the the apology is mine. I treated you for his crimes, and you have committed no crimes against me or, as far as I'm aware, the Armada. (laughs) Yet. Um, hmm. Uh, never mind. Um, could you... I'm sorry, is there a crime that you would like to confess to now? Oh, I've just been stealing everyone's hearts, haven't I? You assume too much. Swing and a miss, huh? Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I I do apologize. I am in a little bit of a rush to get back. As you probably know, our uh, crew is a little bit on edge, so I'd like to get back. So if we want to speed this up a little bit. Of course. 15,000 bars. Yes. When would you like it delivered? You probably know more about secure ways of moving that amount of funds than I do in this city. The Bandit Queen decided to offer that amount because it is liquid, and by the end of the competition, we could secure everything for you, should you so desire. However, being a holder of the heart of the Bandit Queen, you have the ability to... They take a sip of their tea as they contemplate it. Call on our strength, as it were. And our forces could be greater if the full amount was not paid immediately. Interesting. The featherweave that you've provided us is an incredible resource and could be a resource in the construction of new ships, not retrofitted design of old sailing ships that have been sitting and rotting with a few logs replaced. A purpose-built skyship like the Red Feather Strike Forces. We could build something with iron sides. Iron sides? I haven't seen that in years. No, of course not, because the Red Feathers wouldn't risk it. Because of us. If we are able to get a proper fortress ship, a proper dreadnought in the air, there's no telling what the Armada could accomplish. Of course, the funds to do that are mostly tied up in the feather weave itself. The Armada is prepared for a few lean months and building up reserves, but that will be a difficult time and a dangerous time to boot. If we had that gold... At hand, though, we could put together the funds to construct a new ship within the next few months. You make a series of very fine points. I don't know what the full power of the Tempest Armada looks like. Before I make a decision and take this back to my crew, liquid assets on either side would be most helpful for all of us. But what can you tell me about the most powerful version of your fleet? The Tempest Armada fleet is somewhat of a loose connection of alliances between different Corsair fleets around Sphere. Uh, Most of us live on the outskirts of Redfeather territory, of course. The only strongholds are around Rakshari and places far to the north and, and some far to the south. 
mostly we pool resources and we answer each other's calls when needed. Uh, the Queen herself and, and the flagship Tempest, we've taken more of initiative in attacking Redfeather strongholds and attacking what Redfeather ships we can, disrupting supply chains, slowing their expansion. But if the Red Feathers so desired it, and if they were able to predict our movements, they could meet us with a fleet of their warships, and we would not be able to repel against it. If they took out one of the Ironsides, if they decided to risk that in a conflict against us, eventually they would overtake us. We've been playing a dangerous game, and thankfully the Bandit Queen is quite a good player. Unfortunately, there's only so long that luck can last. With a hundred ships, if we were to call the full force of the Bandit Queen's armada together and launch an attack, we might even be able to take a city. But it's meaningless if we can't hold it. Having Featherweave of our own, having the ability to construct and experiment with our own ships, gives us a chance to actually think through how these battles should be fought. In the past, Corsair battles are, are ship to ship. It's mostly about strength in, in the power of a crew rather than the strength of cannons or the strength of a ship itself. Vale is somewhat unusual in that he does not seek to take ships and has sunk more than his fair share. Mostly on accident. Well, it has given him quite the reputation and makes him a fierce combatant still. Most battles are fought over trying to seize the feather weave of the other ship. We can't afford to fight that way for long. We, we can take ships, certainly, but at a certain point, we need to be able to repel the red feathers. They do not invest in figuring out how to fight because they don't need to. They have the advantage of resources and numbers. They don't need to outthink us, but we can outthink them. I am certain of it. Gable looks out the window. Is this just like on a busy street or is it on a hill? What can we see at the window? What What are you looking to see? Can we see the Youngblood estate? Ooh. Uh, or would we even know where that is? The, the, I think the Youngbloods definitely <clears throat> keep some property in this city. So you might be able to see like one of their merchant flags flying because they are a sponsor of this event. Mm -hmm. So that's probably it. You see the Youngblood flag around the Iropiora flags. Gable waves at one of the waiters or whoever the hosts are and orders an ale. What kind of ale would you like Whatever you have. Oh, we have the blueberry ale and the raspberry Oh, this is one of those ale. places. Okay. We uh, have the strawberry you have a, ale. Just, it's the I, same ale. They put different berries. We have one strawberry we put just in the ale. Just a regular ale. Just a regular, regular ale. ale. Regular no ale. strawberries? No strawberries. No, really. I'll charge you for that. I <clears throat> For less things? Yes. It is... Two gold pieces to not put Two a strawberry gold pieces. Two gold pieces. I will have a strawberry ale. Okay. Okay. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make an executive decision. And I'll get in trouble, but I'm much bigger than anyone else on my ship, so it's not going to matter that much. <laughs> <laughs> we will only take the proper amount of gold to fulfill our stores and get us out of Bergenith. If... 
you can help me out with a favor tomorrow. You are owed 100 favors. Well, let's make that 99. With that, Leo extends their arm. It is covered in tattoos uh, that are associated with the Tempest Armada. You can see on their dark skin that uh, they have seen many, many fights. Uh, They bear the scars and muscle of a person who has fought for a living for quite some time. And they extend it for a shake. Gable reaches out their arm to shake and holds it right over uh, Leotoa's and looks in Leotoa's eyes and says, make that 98 if you can tell me all the gossip you know about Oromar Vale and the Banded Queen. They grab your arm and smirk. That will cost none of Sifa's favors. Excellent. This I consider a service to me. <laughs> and we'll cut from there. Health to the strangers who've ever been cut. For our friends ne'er rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky To the strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny the call of the sky. And we'll cut from there. What do you mean she didn't want a strawberry? She did not want the strawberry. So I now have the strawberry and I don't know what to do with the strawberry. What about my pomegranate? (laughs) No one wants a pomegranate. Get out of the kitchen, you sick boy. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. There you go. Uh, So we're going to cut over to Travis. Travis, you are right now in like a backstage area after having completed the competition mm-hmm. with Boromar. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, we didn't win, but we didn't lose. So good job. Oromar stares off into the distance with a expressionless, glassy-eyed stare. Can I ask you a question? Still silence. (laughs) How much of what's going on do you understand? The captain winks. That's the worst possible answer you could have given me, because it either means nothing or it means something super spooky. Uh, The captain turns his head, and I would like you to make a... (laughs) Are you on his shoulder right now? Perception check. I imagine that he's hanging out on his shoulder. I know. Where else would he be? Uh, What's the difficulty? Uh, Difficulty on this, I'm going to put it at average. Oh, two. That is uh, a, 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 three successes and one. That's it. Four successes. Four successes. Holy shit. Correct? The triangles are successes. Yeah, definitely. No, the triangles are the triangles are advantages. advantages. Oh, then it's then it's one success, one success, and like. three advantages. Yes. Still good. Still good. Why are these dice so hard? You <laughs> will because life is again. Hard. Next time, just call JPC. <laughs> just insane. call JPC and describe what you see to him. I'm gonna send him a picture of this one. <laughs> help! <laughs> help! Uh. So you follow your gaze to uh, the path of. 
you, you follow the path of Oromar's gaze out into the crowds surrounding you, and you can see red feather soldiers appear to have maneuvered themselves around the exit area for people in this competition. What do you do with that information? Well, we can probably wait them out. Although, we didn't do anything wrong. So maybe we can just leave. What do you think? You're the captain. The captain, again, is expressionless and does not react. I hate this. I hate this so much. You know, you know, I love, you know, I love to talk, but only when someone is listening and can understand what I'm saying. Because what good is it? What good is it if a tree falls in the woods and no one can hear it? The captain winks. Ah, that's so much worse. (laughs) We're leaving. Is that a command that you've issued to the captain? Yeah. Uh, So the captain will walk forward towards the exit. Did we have a plan to meet up somewhere? No. (laughs) Let's go back to the room. We always said if we get split up, we'll meet back at the room. As you get closer to the exit, you can see these red feather soldiers uh, taking up posts at uh, different areas around the square. There are some that are casually headed towards your direction. Because you've been tracking them so long, like you can see exactly where they're coming from, exactly where they're positioned, and most of your exits are fairly well covered. What are you going to do? You know what? Change of plans. The captain stops. I would like you to hide. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> let's and you. Now, what's Oromar's hide? Uh, that will be based on his agility, and that's going to be three. Okay. Uh, though, right now, you don't have a great connection to him, so it will be two. James has an itty-bitty character sheet. Yeah. Okay, well, I, th- I think I would be the one to tell you what sort of connection we have, and I think it's a good one. What's his middle name? <laughs> Mar. <laughs> I mean, that's good. <laughs> Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. We're going to get started with a radvertisement. This one comes to us from Sword or Sorcery. Swordorsorcery.com is a blog of short stories and fantasy books ranging from urban fantasy to science fiction. Written by aspiring writer and role-playing game enthusiast, Josh, who is continuously expanding these universes. Find Josh and his friends on YouTube at Sword or Sorcery, where Josh weaves narratives into actual play, run by himself and alternate GM, Michael. Sword or Sorcery also does Let's Plays of games such as Octopath Traveler and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. You can visit SwordOrSorcery.com and subscribe to Sword or Sorcery on YouTube. Folks, I'm always looking for inspiration for new games, and reading short stories is a great source of inspiration. So I think it's time to check out Sword or Sorcery. A huge thanks to Josh and the Sword or Sorcery team for purchasing this advertisement and supporting our show.
If you'd like to purchase your own advertisement, just head to the OneShot website and click the Contact Us tab. Scrolling down, you'll be able to find advertisements for both OneShot and Campaign. You can buy a professional message like this one or book a personal message to send a shout out to a loved one. I want to thank everyone who came out to Big Bad Con and helped me test out the earliest mechanics for a potential Skyjacks role-playing game. I had a lot of fun in those playtests, and I can definitely say that the quick character creation engine works really well. Uh, there's a lot to work on for pretty much every other aspect of the system, but we uncovered a lot of stuff in that game. I had so much fun with everyone that I met at Big Bad Con, and my heart melted with joy every time somebody told me they listened to Campaign. I love doing this show, and it makes me so happy to know that it's touched so many people. Thank you all so much for supporting us. And folks, we've got more exciting news. This Friday, we're going to be revealing character art for Sifa, the Bandit Queen, through our mailing list. Now, we will be releasing that character art publicly eventually, but if you want that first look at it, you gotta sign up for the mailing list. You can do that by heading over to bit.ly slash skyjackscrew and just giving us your email. We use it for exciting stuff like announcing new products, letting you know when exciting things are on the way like live shows, and of course giving you first looks at art. If you're not enrolled yet, you'll want to get in there before Friday. Heroes, I want to remind everyone that my new book, The Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide, is out now. And if you like how we tell stories here on Skyjacks, you'll want to pick up a copy for yourself. In it, I try to break down my approach to role-playing games. I give you my thoughts on what exactly is happening at the role-playing table and how to frame it for the best narrative results. It also includes advice and tools to help you break down some of those big narrative challenges and make them easy and natural for you to do at your own table. Finally, it provides you with exercises to sharpen your skills whether you're playing the game or you're by yourself. You can pick it up right now wherever books are sold. You can get it online by heading to bit.ly rpggameplay or head into your favorite brick-and-mortar store and ask for it by name. I'm really excited to see so many people pick it up already. And I'd be really happy if I saw some of you bookholders head to Amazon or Goodreads to leave a rating and review. Good reviews are critical to books like mine. And my publisher says if we can get to 25 reviews within the first month, we'll be in a really good position. You can head to bit.ly slash ultimate gameplay to pull up the Amazon page and leave your own review. I am so excited to see everybody's thoughts. Finally, I want to remind everybody that I've got some signings coming up in the UK. On November 7th, I'm going to be doing a signing at the Newcastle location for the Traveling Man Bookshop. And on November 8th, I'm also going to be in the Traveling Man location at Manchester. After that, November 9th through 10th, I'm going to be at the Thought Bubble Convention in Yorkshire. I would be honored if some of our fans across the pond came by to say hello. And I'm going to be previewing my new game, Captain My Captain, which just so happens to be pirate-themed at this show, in a panel with folks like Grant Howitt and Kieran Gillen. It's uh, pretty damn exciting. I want to point out, as I've pointed out already, that Sifa, the Bandit Queen, was named by Strix, who also created the Rakshari region for Skyjacks. Now hopefully we'll be learning more about Rakshari as the show progresses, but I have to give credit where credit is due. Strix came up with so many rad setting details for us, and some of those details shine through in Sifa's character design, which again, you can get this Friday. So huge thank you to Strix, 
If you'd like to thank her yourself for her contributions, you can do it on Twitter by hitting her up over at at the underscore Strix, S-T-R-I-X. Finally, I want to thank everyone for supporting our show on Patreon. Without you, we would not be able to hire our actors, our editors, our musicians. Uh, I would not be able to eat. It's extremely exciting to see that we have so many people supporting the show. We're not just making these stories for you. We're making these stories with you. And I gotta tell you, nothing feels better than that. If you want to support us, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Mar. Ori. Mm-hmm. Or, aura. Aura, there it is. Mm-hmm. Aura. Aura. All right, there's your tiny character Ooh, sheet. For, oh, such, so for such a big character. So if you spend two of your strain, you will be able to establish a link with him through your heart, through Dreth's heart. Okay. Uh, you don't know that that's how you'd be doing it, but if you try to establish that connection it should be fairly easy for you to do on that character sheet there uh you'll see his brawl and his melee uh laid out for you the lower numbers are what it's going to be standard however you can spend strain every time you spend two strain you'll be able to use his actual stats which are listed beneath okay and you know for everything else like pretty much you're just going to need to know his his brawn and agility which are written up at the top uh once you establish a connection you'll have that connection through the whole scene you don't need to keep paying for that you do need to pay for his skills you guys got that? <laughs> nope. It's not going to be important to them, Johnny. I um, okay, need yes. to know. So, so I'm going to eats the heart. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to try and I'm going to try hard because I want him to hide good. All right. Uh, so I will need you to spend two strain. Okay. And you're going to have three green dice to try and hide. Okay. What's the difficulty? Uh, the difficulty on this, I'm going to say, is hard. Uh, oh. Now, because you are a bird, you can spot for him and try and find, like, strategic pathways. Okay. So I can give you two blue dice Two? For that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bird's eye view, guiding someone Gross. away I guess from they danger. didn't call it that for nothing. <laughs> okay, so that one was easy to get rid of. <laughs> that's a good one, but that's a bad one. Oh shit! Um, oh shit! <coughs> no, there we go. So that is one advantage. So the net that they've drawn for you, this this like web of people that they've set up to surround this area, is pretty tight. It looks like you're not going to be able to get out of this completely scot free. However, there are some areas that are less well-protected than others. Uh, So while you're not going to be able to completely hide yourself, you can move quite easily towards the least defended parts. To be clear, I'm not hiding. Oromar is hiding. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Again, you you were able to take off his shoulder. Sure, sure, sure. You could fly back to the hotel right now if you wanted to. Which I will. The captain. (laughs) Um, Lost in New York. 
baby. <laughs> the captain has to set up a bunch of booby traps inside his uncle's old apartment that's being renovated. <laughs> Just keeps on climbing onto like a, a hanging steel beam like, oh, no. And Joe Pesci is there. <laughs> and he's a red feather soldier. Are we t- we are talking about. He just escaped from prison. I'm talking about uh, Baby's, Baby's Day, Day out. out. You're talking about Home, Home Alone, Alone 2. Home Alone 2, Lost <laughs> in New York. Is mm, yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Common ground. Huh. Mm. Well. Learned something. That's pretty good. Uh, okay. <laughs> Tyler. Yeah. Uh, let's let's bring Jonathan into this equation because Jonathan was nearby as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and I imagine Getting that into trouble. pretty quickly you would have, uh, you know, decided to make your way over to Travis and the captain. Cause yeah. I don't know what else you were going to do. No, I, I think that Jonathan probably is – of the mindset where he doesn't he like, yeah after the the run in with the bandit queen uh he's kind of just like a little bit confused and a little agitated and also just like feels just kind of like prickly and he doesn't necessarily know why mm-hmm. um so i think Jonet is probably going to go back to the room because it already he already tried to like get like um there was no way for him to get to Ormar and Travis uh when he first got there, so I think he's probably just wanted, wants to like head to the room. Okay, okay. So you uh, can make a break for the room. This is interesting. I want a cunning check, just uh, straight cunning, opposed by average difficulty. Does he know any better? And like, if you think there is an appropriate skill. Um, that might go with this. You can use that instead of just cunning, but um, everything. I'm twos across the board. Okay, yeah, except for agility. John, it does a backflip. Oh, <laughs> Hell wow. yeah! And cool now I'm gonna use harder. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's looking at you. It's a black backflip, kid. Uh, Ooh. Okay, so this will work out just fine. Huh. Um, so that's gonna be. Two successes and one threat. Okay. Um, so I I think uh, you noticed the Red Feather soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike Oromar Vale, though, you're not over six feet tall and dressed in a very, you know, easy to see red coat. And we're not just in front of thousands of people yeah. uh, doing some cool bird stunts. Uh, so you pretty easily are able to slip into the crowd and move unnoticed. So this is a stadium, right? Yeah. Uh, so in that, <laughs> I feel like in that moment, Jonet sort of sees the the red feathers, and his immediate uh, like point of like going to sneak mode is to jump behind the counter at like one of the uh, the concession stations Ooh. and sort of like work his way further into the stadium by like the back rooms of the concession stations. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Hi. Who's it? Whoa, whoa. Huh. This big pot. Oh, no, no I'm just, uh, just got to get all these turkey legs over here. Nope, excuse me. All right, we're just two guys carrying a big pane of glass. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wait, I got my footing. Excuse me. All right. Yeah. Chickens. Crates of chickens. <laughs> Live crates of chi- chickens? No, the crates are just wood. The chickens are alive. I'll take two. Crates or chickens? Each, crates. Each crate has four chickens. I it. don't want any chickens. I need two crates. Well, then we'll have loose chickens. All right. Well, then never mind, good sir. I'll hit you up later. Have I a nice have day. empty crates here. Empty crates. I will take 
one of your empty crates because they are visibly larger than his crates. They cost four chickens. Four chickens? <laughs> hey, buddy, give me two, ch- uh, four chickens. Four chickens? That'll mm-hmm. cost you two crates. Two crates? But you sell crates. No, we sell crates of chickens. Oh, God. Okay. All right. So how about I just give you... Ten gold pieces. Hmm. With ten gold pieces, I that's could a buy, lot of money. I could buy four crates. That's enough crates to hold why sixteen chickens. Sure, you've got yourself a deal. All right, buddy. And then I take the chickens. Hey, I'll take one crate with these four chickens. Here you go. All right, thank well, you. Now, thank where you. am I going to put all these chickens? Crates um, for sale. You sir. <laughs> and then I put the crate over my body, <laughs> and then I solid snake on up there. <laughs> I think uh, you are able to, you know, make it to the outskirts of this crowded area uh-huh. uh, full of ludicrous merchants that appear to be shifting similar inventories back and forth <laughs> infinitely. Uh, I get paid by the hour. <laughs> <laughs> you, you make it to the outskirts. There is a threat here, and I kind of want, I kind of want this to be. You see Travis flying overhead, circling mm. the area. So shoot you him know, down, shoot him down, shoot him. Yeah, and you have an uncontrollable urge to shoot him down. You think about how cool he is, and that makes you really and angry. And an undeniable ability to shoot him down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you, you see Travis flying overhead. Uh, he appears to be searching the square like pretty heavily mm-hmm. um, as he's flying overhead. You currently, you're getting off scot-free. Mm-hmm. Um, but the threat is, you know that maybe not everything is all right. Yeah. Well, I think in that moment, Jonnet is just going to try and follow Travis uh, as 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 uh, effectively that one can tail a bird. Jonnet is going to try and tail that bird. Okay, Travis. Uh, the areas that you've sort of spotted out, there is. I think a lot of elaborate stonework around here. So you could Assassin's Creed up one of these buildings. The Red Feather soldiers around you, like there are some positioned on rooftops, just a lot fewer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to get up there, they would easily be able to attract, or if Oromar to, were to get up there, they'd easily be able to track him across the city as he tried to make his way back to the hotel, but there would be fewer to fight. The other way out that you spy is through alleyways. There are probably only a a, a handful of soldiers that are guarding these alleyways. However, there are few escape routes if it goes south for you. And if they manage to marshal their troops in time, you'll be trapped. Or, you know, there are just the heavily guarded areas and you could try to full force go through there. How well guarded is the way that all of the concession people are taking out the trash? Interesting. Travis Madigo wants to be in the trash. Well, no, I would like to put my friend the captain in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just a garbage first initiative. Sure. I I will say, let's see. Well, that, that, that would probably be, man, how would trash be collected in a large city like this? A big alligator eats it. I, I mean, I think... Flintstone style. <laughs> Let me eat your trash. It's a living. <laughs> I think there are kind of... The, the trash is probably going in and out through main thoroughfares on carts. Mm. Um, so, like, most of the trash receptacles are in easily accessible common areas, and they're going up and down main streets because that's going to be the easiest way to flow. 
Can I put the captain in a trash bag? Um, you could. It's going to be a difficult maneuver to get him in unnoticed. Can I can I hide him in the stadium for a while? Interesting. Yeah, you can you can definitely try that. I would like to hide him in the stadium for a while. Okay. Uh, so you will need to make another stealth check for the captain. Uh, this is also going to be hard because, like, they've got eyes on you and they are tracking you. Uh, you would be doing a maneuver that they're not expecting you to do and guiding him back into. Do I get blue for being a bird? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to allow bird support on this. Okay. Hey, this is looking all right. Hey, one success. Hey, one success. Oh, and an advantage. Oh. You are going... Oh. Yeah, you move back into the stadium, back into the crowds, moving in the opposite direction uh, the Red Feathers expected you to. Uh, You can definitely see that they are drawing their net closed, uh, which means ultimately in the future, as, as you move forward, there are going to be even fewer exits uh, because they're going to be covering the stadium rather than covering the square around the stadium. However, you are not being seen right now. You can see that they're looking around for where Vale might be. What's your idea for hiding him? Uh, I want to hide him and leave and get my two friends to help me retrieve him. I really like this plan. I just need to know how you plan on hiding this man. Okay, can he... These are our options, I assume. Mm -hmm. Kind of just behind a thing somewhere. In a bathroom stall from the mixed-up files of Miss Basley Frankweiler style. Yes. Or maybe, like, in the green room space. You know, like, in in a backstage area somewhere. I think um, most of those are going to be things that soldiers would check, and Travis would know this. I think what I will challenge you as a player is you're probably going to need to take advantage of the unique thing that you have in Oromar Vale to hide in a place that they would think no human could Mm. hide in. Could could he climb up? into sort of rafters or something somewhere inside the structure. Absolutely. There's got to be a bunch of that. Okay. Um, So, yeah, to do that, he's going to need to make a climb check. Okay. Uh, Is that agility? uh, That's going to be brawn. Okay. So that'll be four All upper body strength, baby. How hard is this? I think this is a hard check for sure. Yeah. Put your zambi in the rafters. Well... You'll see that no check is too hard for me. That is two successes and two threats. Okay. Uh, no, those I are advantages. advantages. God damn it. Oh, buddy. So, <laughs> no. I thought I really nailed it. That yeah. <laughs> so that's... You even that had a is, rhyme for it. That is uh, a wash. That's an absolute wash, then. Okay, so what happens? Incredible, incredible that I'm so dumb. So what? What I? What, yeah, what I think is going to happen then is you move. You, you've moved in. They've sent people in after you. You are just looking for some rafters for Oromar to climb, and I think Oromar. Ooh, you had an idea. I don't know if this would be uh, like a thing that would give you more time, but like. 
Is there a way that like Jonic could like cause some kind of distraction that would allow you to maybe re-roll or to get another blue die or something like that? I yeah, you know, I would allow Jonnet uh, to do something. This will be a risk. Okay. Uh, you're, you're going to have to use one of your skills to cause the distraction. Okay. Um, so figure out how you want to cause the distraction. If you're successful on it, like, I think no matter what, a distraction is going to be caused, and that will add a blue die to what Johnny is rolling. However, if you fail, people are going to notice you, and then you're going to be in trouble. Gotcha. <laughs> So in my head, I'm thinking that because of this competition, even though Oromar Vale didn't, like, win, he still placed pretty high, Mm -hmm. which makes me think that, like, the bootleg T-shirt and, like, tchotchkes people are still trying to get a little bit of cash in Mm -hmm. from Oromar Vale. So they've got, like, Oromar Vale, like, like the coats or maybe, like... Oh, people are dressing up like him? Yeah. I I feel like there are probably, like, fans that are in the area. flags or pennants. Okay, yeah. yeah, There is a Broker's Wild team T-shirt. Yeah. There it is. That has, like, bootleg portraits of all of you. I would really like to see what, what is the one thing that they got wrong about each of you <laughs> well they couldn't they couldn't legally use our real names <laughs> yes <laughs> torvis mandagas john dit kestler <laughs> dable <laughs> dable dable on my haters <laughs> um well i think so in that moment i think john is going to uh maybe take uh like steal oh wait i can't i can't do anything dishonorable oh, no! Try. You gotta, try, you try, gotta try, pay try, for try, it. Try. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think in that moment, Jonnet is going to try to steal a coat and put it and like, like put it on like uh someone that's like around the size of Oromar Vale to create maybe just like a a duplicate Oromar to maybe distract people. But I think in that moment when he tries to reach for the jacket, uh. I, I, I guess we didn't really establish didn't the rules establish for this. How it's going to work? But yeah. I feel like in that moment he reaches for it and he gets the sensation of that pin prick, and it just like just shoots up his entire arm. Oh, dope! And it's just like frozen. Anytime he tries to make, if he tried to pull it back, it'd be fine. But if he tried to move closer, uh, it's like he's just driving the pin pricks further into his hand. Poor baby. And so I guess in that moment. You on your own. <laughs> <laughs> well, John is like, well, if I can't steal, I'm not helping. Well, it's just because like, that, that was his plan. And I guess anything to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, I gotta think about these stupid rules that he's been cursed with. Then I think what happens, because you failed, there are a few red feather soldiers that were ahead of the others and they see Vale's red coat as he ascends into the rafters. The the path that Vale took is something that's almost impossible. It would take so much focus and and he did it so quickly and fluidly that no human being could have climbed that way. 
they are going to take service entrances. There are ladders. So they go out of their way to go up on like the maintenance catwalks and whatnot amongst the rafters. Uh, and, you know, Travis, you see that from like your up high position. But if you're going to see what happens next, you'll have to go into the stadium itself. Well, let's go. Let's see. Okay, so uh, I think you're able to slip in unnoticed. You can see Oromar is like standing on a beam next to a catwalk, just like kind of deactivated (laughs) awaiting instructions. Run! He begins running at full clip along this beam. Uh, Uh, Any other creature would, you know, get nervous, lose their balance. But Oromar Vale is a machine right now and moves fearlessly. Where does he run to? Well, there's not much left for him to run to. So stop. He stops just as suddenly um you can see his body uh struggles to deal with the forward momentum uh and he loses balance and rolls along the beam perfectly catching himself into a contorted unnatural balance position here's the thing i know you're doing this on purpose just to make me mad and it's working <laughs> the captain winks <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm trying to save you, but if you're not going to cooperate, I'm going to let them get you. And then what? And then what? You won't even be able to give them anything because because you're just going to be sarcastic about it all. <laughs> hmm. uh, while you are chastising this corpse, <laughs> which I, I imagine this is you like flying over <laughs> yeah, and yeah, flashing sure. in front of him. Um. The soldiers uh, that were climbing, like they, they're they're far away right now, but they make it to the top and they are moving along the maintenance catwalks now. Uh, Jonnet, you were sort of watching that situation unfold, so you were trying to blend into the crowd to cause your distraction. That didn't work, uh, so I think you managed to follow these two inside. You know that they went up these maintenance ladders. What do you do? Um, do, can I see, do I have eyes on, cause I've been following Travis. Do I have eyes on Travis who is in front of Oromar at this point? I think you know exactly which way Travis went, so it wouldn't be hard to find him. So then I guess I'm going to, is it dishonorable to fight two guards? I think if you have to ask, it probably is. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I I think in this case, you're defending a friend, right? Right. There's no dishonor in that. Okay, so they're going up. Are they going up ladders or stairs right now? Ladders, ladders. Okay, in this moment, Jonnet is going to use his Arcana magic to remove the steps of the ladder going up, so they cannot go for higher up. Interesting. Um, I like that. In a in in my head, it's like he grabs the base of the ladder and then. Like you just see like oh. a wave of his magic just like go up and just like it goes ahead of the the guards and then starts clipping off the different levels of the ladder so that they it just falls off. Oh, cool. Uh. I really, really like this. So in order for you to do it, you'll just have to make an arcana check. Yeah, yeah. How hard. How hard is dirt? This I'm going to put at... 
average. This dildo's weird. (laughs) (laughs) It would hurt and get dirty. That's hard to clean. Yeah, it would be very hard to clean. I'm not going to tell the audience what it is. No, it's a dildo. Okay, this is... This diaphragm. One success. One success. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I think this works pretty great. Jonnet focuses this arcana and touches the bottom of the ladder, and we can see a ripple effect that uh, moves throughout these beams that gets larger and larger as it reaches the top of the ladder, sort of doubling itself incrementally, uh, Mm -hmm. where you can see a huge ripple, and the top rungs of this ladder explode out. And wood just rains down around you. I think there are only three guards that actually made it to the top of the ladder. And, Jonathan, you have cut off like seven guards who were trying to climb up. And just going to roll this d20 here. Why am I rolling a d20? We've got <laughs> regular. Oh, you're looking for all our regular dice? No, we got luminaries. Oh, luminaries. The dice of cards. <laughs> uh. The dice of the cards. You need me six-sided you, dice. You. I know where they are. <laughs> Another instance of Jonnet helping Travis out, and he'll never know, and he'll never give him props. The butcher. Oh, no. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of these men die. What? Yeah. They <laughs> did fall off a ladder. Yeah, I, I like you... There, there were seven people climbing keeps this ladder. Accidentally killing people. T- this is still the same day. <laughs> you killed a lot of people today, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Your KD ratio is great right now. Um, <laughs> I think some of the rungs of the ladder explode and like I think we're tracking the red feather soldier who is like at the top of the ladder. It explodes out and pierces his heart. Uh, So he falls directly down, knocking most of the people behind him. Some actually fall off the ladder in like different directions. Wood splinters and people just fall down from the sky. Jonnet, I need you to make a uh, coordination check to avoid getting hit by falling boys. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, I'm pretty good at that. How, how hard? Uh, John does a backflip. 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 I think this is uh, average. Average. Average? Oh, uh, give me that backflip. Okay, so the backflip happens. And it <laughs> happens uh, with flair and gusto. That is uh, one success, one advantage. Okay, let me know if you like this. Jonathan's at the bottom of this ladder. Like, the ladder, like, through the middle up is sort of busted out. But the bottom of the ladder is still intact, and he's got both of his hands on either side of it. He sees these people coming down towards him and, quickly thinking, jumps up and, like, walks up a couple rungs of the ladder and then kicks off of it doing this (laughs) backflip as this pile of Red Feather soldiers, like, falls around him. And of course, thunk, thunk, thunk. Three Wait, point no, anime landing. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's how we that's how we train that's ourselves how we on the Uhuru. Yep. <laughs> well, that's how at- we do Ru on the Uhuru. <laughs> okay. And so now I guess what would be the closest way to get is there another like system to get up in that 
the rafters area. Yeah, it would be kind of a difficult climb check. You'd, you'd sort yeah. of have to do a version of what Oromar did, which is just scaling up a steel beam. For somebody who works on a ship, though, and like is going up on the lines and spends a not inconsiderable portion of his time on sitting in the broken masthead of the ship, mm-hmm. I think it's not going to be that bad for you. So I, I think an average climb check would, would be able to get you up there. Okay. Well, yeah, in that case, this is going to happen. All right. So he backflips, anime three-point lands, the bodies hit the floor, and then Jonnet begins to run up the pile of bodies puts his foot on a lot of butts, a lot of faces, and then he just jumps and starts like climbing his way up. Excellent. Yeah. The bodies hit the floor. Yeah, yeah the bodies hit the floor. We all we all yeah. felt it. Uh-huh. We all felt that. I saw I looked around and I saw everyone's really? eyes darting around. Yeah. I was like, wow, everybody's being very it's, respectful it's right no now. To say anything. <laughs> He's in the middle of a thing. I don't want to be rude. Um <laughs> I'll be rude later. So Travis, you see there are three Red Feather soldiers sort of closing in close to where you are. The thing is, Oromar is currently not on a catwalk. He's on a beam that's like kind of out in the middle of no man's land. So they're not going to be able to get to him very easily, but they are coming. What do you do? Well, aren't you so fortunate? Saved by shoddy construction. What now? What now, Captain? The captain stares at you expressionless. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You're willing to sacrifice your own skin to make a point, and I don't care for it. At that moment, <laughs> a shot rings out through the air, and you can see a bullet go through the shoulder of the captain. <laughs> One of the Red Feathers has raised their musket and has it aimed at them. You can see a trail of smoke moving from it. Well, I hope you're happy. Get down from there and try and get away. Okay. How about this guy? Come on. That's the command. That's the verbiage. (laughs) Get down from there. Get down. I think the captain dramatically like drops back a little bit. So they're just a little bit off balance and do a short hop and fall and catch themselves with their arms on this beam. And you said, get down from there and look for a way out. Was that and find a way out and find a way out. So I think he's, going to bring his feet up and he's going to crawl on the underside of this beam kind of out of the line of fire. <laughs> that works. I was just flying beside him, just <laughs> chastising him the whole way. I think a bullet whizzes past you, Travis. You are a white bird and they did see you in the competition, so they do know you as Oromar's bird. Uh, excuse me, I'm a different bird. <laughs> Okay, roll for initiative. Captain's Council, we we got a, a another uh, complaint. 
Uh, What's going on, Spit? Well, this one reads, uh, to whom it may concern. That's That's us. us. Pass. (laughs) Well, everyone else pay attention then. Uh, Over the recent weeks uh, that we've been in the sky, it has come to my attention that the ship, our home, is increasing in size. As one of the ship's carpenters, I routinely take measurements of the interior and exterior of the ship for repairs. That's Routinely? That's who Crazy. is this man? <laughs> and I recently... Well, well, you're assuming gender oh, there, oh, it. Oh, Who is this person? <laughs> and I recently, <laughs> recently noticed that the interior of the crew quarters measured one inch larger on the inside of the ship than on the outside. Well, of course, because the wood has a thickness to it, you see. Yeah, but larger on the inside. So that would run counterintuitive. Maybe they were holding their tape measure backwards. Well, puzzled, I attempted to explain the discrepancy using the most exact tools at our disposal. I retook my initial measurements, and to my alarm, the interior of the crew quarters measured an entire foot longer than the exterior, which should not be possible. Hmm. I have even noticed additional crew hammocks and personal effects appearing each time I remeasure, accompanied by even more distressing spatial anomalies. Though I fear I can no longer trust my eyes, I believe the ship has become so much larger on the inside than the outside that we must now have space for a dozen more extra crew. Please, will someone address this spatial paradox before it gets out of hand? I have been unable to meet our captain or with his immediate subordinates who brush me off as though I do not exist. Spit, when are you going to start reading the letter? That was... The letter. Hmm? You took a pass on it. You weren't listening. Oh. Everyone else here, though. Why? I. Th- what that reads to me is that we are not giving our crew enough to do if we can just spend all of our days dilly-dallying and, and measuring, measuring things. Yeah. Wow. We're, we're going into aerial combat. We're, we're stealing and pilfering and getting into all kinds of hijinks, and there's no time for measuring. And frankly, it sounds like the opposite of a problem to me. It, that's, yes. That's more cargo space. I think the less questions that we ask, the better. Also, if people are trying to justify things that other people say in passing to make things make sense, I would suggest they stop doing that because that's a fool's <laughs> errand. You're going to drive yourself crazy Just doing in that. general, you maybe just stop taking us seriously because it's not like anyone's writing these things or thinking about them too much or even just off the cuff. Uh, uh, do you know that I don't have a right pinky toe? That's something that I just said. <laughs> That's some juicy lore. Yes. <laughs> and, and I mean that sexually. Stop it. Oh, man. <laughs> I guess if we're going to adjust or respond to this complaint, just tell them to shut up. Yeah, wait till wait till the 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 wait till the room uh extends another 2 3 feet. And then you can go in the corner and mind your own business. Well, it, now, now, this, I think, is the more pressing question. With all this extra room that we're getting, mm-hmm. what should we install in the ship? Oh. Now, I've been thinking of, of maybe a spa or a sauna. That's the same thing. Well, ooh. not exactly. Ooh, 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 yeah. We, we reroute a little bit of the, 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 he, uh, the, the oven into the sauna, mm-hmm. and that way we can get a good steam when we're in the air. You know, I don't know what you all have been talking about, but I've been sitting here thinking, and ooh, I, think, ooh, I think we should get a sauna. Oh. 
Welcome to the conversation. Hmm? Well, I just think it would be nice to go for a little steam every now and then. Now, mm. we could also get a gymnasium. I don't think we oh. need that. We have lots of heavy things to lift and yeah. put back down again. I think that's all we need. Well, what about is mostly ropes and pulleys? Treadmills? Well, I guess if the ship is constantly getting larger, we can eventually put like a mile track in mm-hmm. it. This uh, is silly. This is silly. <laughs> this is silly, and I don't Gable, like it. Gable, come back. It's silly. Gable, where are you going? I'm here to do important things, and not this silly business. <laughs> I'm leaving. Do oh, saunas Gable. need those rocks, or are those for decoration? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes to which one? Yes! Mm. I think they need them for decoration. Hmm. Maybe without them, it's just a steam room. And that, that does sound less appealing. Mm-hmm. Just Sounds generally. gross. Just a steamy room. Ugh. I, it took me a really long time to get to the door. Yeah. It, mm. it seemed like as you, you were walking like over there. But you sound like you're still very close. Yes, I'm keep, I've been walking for so long, and I'm not there yet. Hmm. Uh-oh. Well, let me, let me try and help you find it. I think I'm getting lost. Spit, come back. What? I can't see you. Oh, God, a fog has rolled in. <laughs> no, it's just steam from the sauna. Wait, who did this? We installed it? It's already here. Oh, it's so hot. Oh, I tripped over some eucalyptus leaves. This How? is silly. <laughs> oh, Gable, you're back. This is silly. You're close again. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Like System Mastery. System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games. Except the games are terrible and the hosts are real jerks about everything. Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked, what went wrong, and which Silverhawk was the best. It was Hotwing. You can find their shows at systemmasterypodcast.com or through a link on the OneShot website. Finally. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y. Or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Who've ever been kind And once for our friends near the rise 
Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky